0: Hello, everyone. I'm your co-host, Mr. Gardner,
1: and I'm your co-host, Rodney Bradford duransburg
0: This is the very first episode of the Doers Cast. Uh, this is a original series by Entrepreneurs at Austin. This podcast is focused around entrepreneurs and small business owners who are putting actions to their ideas to achieve their goals. These people are the ultimate doers among us, and our goal is to highlight their journeys. We have a very special guest today, Rodney. You yeah, talk let, about let, it? let me
1: take yeah. this baton. I got you, man. I got you. Today we have a very special guest. We met him over at a networking event at Capital Factory. And honestly, right when we talked to you, we knew you were the guy. You were the Sorry, guy to bring yes, you on sir. the very first episode of the Dura's cast. Because honestly, man, I think we all could agree that we see you as the epitome of what an entrepreneur is. Well, a thanks. little bit of a background story for him is that he moved down to Austin on a whim from Kentucky with his good friend. And he came here to Austin with no money no job and not even an apartment to his name this is insane he was just hanging on to the thread that he was going to make it as an entrepreneur and honestly folks i think i think he's made it he's co-founded a venture-backed company he's hustled his way to financial security and along the way has developed impactful relationships with people has even allowed him to become sponsored by the NBA themselves, yes, just sir, insane. Yes. And on top of that, he's even double dipping in the esports scene, working with teams like Gen.G, one of my personal favorites from the Valorant scene. Shout out to them if they ever watch this. Shout out to generalg <laughs> <laughs> I'll the I'll the say. Shout out to Gen.G. And <laughs> mm. on top of all of that, if you don't think that's crazy, he even has his own cardio app, Cardi.io, which is honestly revolutionizing the game, making it a fun activity for family and friends alike. That's and honestly, guys. Please welcome our very special guest. It's a pleasure to have you on, Mr. Dustin George Bell. What's up, man? What's, What's up? up? What's, What's poppin'? What's up? Dude, What's up? What's up, man? Boys. What's up? I appreciate that. I'm gonna have to bring <laughs> you guys to like my little hype <laughs> clip. What's up? <laughs> What's poppin',
2: guys? Glad to be here. I'm honored to be numero uno. Not, <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir. I met you guys like I said, I met him at uh, Capital Factory. Factory's a little open coffee thing. Uh, i not seen two. Three, very young gentlemen sitting there. I said, oh, these little whippersnappers ain't got no facial <laughs> hair. These boys is green. Let me talk to them, because I was in that same position, and now uh, obviously you guys are doing this. you all work, focused on hustling and creating some stuff for yourself, and that's the same place I was at at your age, and uh, definitely anything I could do to support some people in the same place that I was at uh, any way I could. and so." Here we are,
1: yes sir, on the pod. Much appreciate it. Much appreciate it. Well, thank you. Getting into the whole podcast, I want to ask you, sir, what was like your gateway into entrepreneurship? What got you started with you? Uh, I'd say the gateway, like the original
2: original gateway, would probably be my mom because when I was younger, like elementary school, middle school, she ran an event planning and DJ business, and uh even though I was like nine, I was still the man of the house in terms of those kind of things. So I was helping her move equipment helping her set up for her events and stuff like that. And then she was doing it completely on her own. It was her own creation. She had employees. She had all these big deals, working with some major groups and stuff like that. And she wasn't pulling on ridiculous money, but she loved what she did. And I was a part of that for a lot of my life. And it just seemed so empowering. Plus I'm my mama's boy. So anything my <laughs> mom does is gonna get a boost up in my psyche. And then on the flip side, my dad was, you know working a typical nine-to-five job not to say there's anything wrong with that but he came home he would always complain about it or just not be satisfied with it and as a kid you don't really fully understand like I did not even know what he actually did and I really didn't know him what he actually did till like two years ago because he never really talks about it because he doesn't like it but I always could feel the energy of not liking what he does versus my mom who was excited to do stuff every day and life is short work sucks Why make it any suckier than it has to be? Why don't you do something that you actually want to do? So that was the start for me. And from there, it made me want to do my own stuff. So I was selling candy, shoveling snow, cutting grass, ghostwriting papers, all these different things I could do. The hustle, the hustle Hustle. in middle school and high school. And eventually that led to me doing real business stuff that's recognized by the government and (laughs) whatnot, going into college and
1: where I am now. That's sweet, dude. That's so sweet. I know like... I kind of had it a bit opposite in terms of like the family motivation side. I know if you're just talking about how like your mom was the main inspiration and you saw your dad working in the nine to fives. But for me, I really had it where my dad was like the sort of source of being an entrepreneur. I'd never mm-hmm. seen him like work a legitimate job. Not as not like a 9-to-5 so like job. It like a W2 yeah, like working for yeah. the man kind of job. Yeah, he's always right. been an entrepreneur just brokering relationships similar to like your lead generation thing. While my mom was kind of like the 9-to-5 worker, which was super respectful, high school teacher. And mm-hmm. honestly, a Fays model the bills. to look up to. Like both, I feel like. Are super necessary and Mm. I kind of wanted to segue this into like and talk about your first company of life off you Mm -hmm. and how it was like your first lead generation to company can you talk a little bit more on that
2: yes that was the first one recognized by the government Uh, so basically I was in college it was the end of my freshman year I like to call this my joke for it the only good thing that came out of my first relationship in college because I remember we were in a dorm together and it was about the end of the semester, and she's like, Oh, let's do something. I'm like, okay, well, let's go see a movie. I don't wanna watch a movie. Like, let's go to the mall. I don't wanna go to the mall. But well, we can go to like a party or something. Like, I don't wanna go to the party. We can go eat. I'm not really hungry. They're like, oh, Well, those are only four things I really know how to do here. <laughs> uh, so, hmm. And even though I'm in Kentucky, you know, it's not Austin, it's not New York, it's not LA. But there's stuff to do there outside of those four options. And I was thinking, Well, hmm. I know there's stuff to do here and i'm from kentucky i mean lexington louisville it's like the equivalent of austin and san antonio it's about an hour-ish away but at the same time i'm from kentucky i should know the lay of the land and there's a ton of people who aren't from kentucky who even had international students who know even less than i do and i figure well there's a market opportunity here and the fact there's a gap between people knowing what to do off campus and then people and organizations off campus trying to draw college students to them and so I figured if I could bridge the gap with this multi-sided platform that would broker transactions from those people looking for stuff to do and the people who are looking to get people to spend money with them, I could make some money in the middle. And so that's where Life of You started. It was basically a platform to help broker transactions where I would take a piece of all the transactions that were generated through my website. And as any young entrepreneur who doesn't know what they're doing, I had no idea what I was thinking, what, what I was going on. I just saw an opportunity and I was going to Sky Zone and Breakout Games and all these other places around Lexington, which is where University of Kentucky, where I went, that's where what city it is in um, in Kentucky. And I would go there and I was like, hey, I got this idea, it doesn't have a name, I don't even know how I was really going to make money yet, but I have an idea and I think it's pretty cool. You guys should totally give me money. And they laughed. <laughs> it, it went as awful as you think it would. I, it blod. They laughed at me, kicked me out and said, ah, whatever, ignore my phone calls, my emails. But through all of that, and that's why I think it's very important for young people like you guys to try stuff, even if it doesn't work out initially. You iterate, you iterate, you iterate until you figure out, like, how do I make this work? And eventually came up with the name, built out the logo, thought more about how it could actually make money for them as well for me, how we would go about generating leads, doing market research, pulling data to support my, my ideas and whatnot. And then after four months of doing that over the summer, I eventually got to a point where I could present a winning pitch. And so I got SkyZone on contract. And then I got Lyft on contract. I got some smaller places on contract. Oh, and then ended up over the two-year period that I was doing it. We had about 20 individual contracts between beginning to end. Uh, we brokered about 5,000 transactions that's and wow. made some decent money off of that. Wasn't a millionaire, <laughs> but it was profitable. And I learned a ton from it. And uh, that was in my opinion that first hit that you need even if it's not a home run even if it's like a double or a single you just need to hit one yeah, fast yeah. pitch exactly. fastball to let you think okay you know what i can hang in the big leagues i can do that right. and and i've been and just built from there from all the things i've done after
0: yes sir yes sir um i guess i would say off of that uh you were saying you know just trying and testing things mm-hmm. um and i think everyone here at entrepreneurs at austin can attest to that because we're still in our early phases and we're still you know trying and testing things. I mean that's what entrepreneurship to me is all about. Mm-hmm. I mean you you have to constantly test because it's the, these are all ideas that we conceive here, right? And we right. have to turn it into reality, right? right. Uh, this is nothing out here is you know just set for us. It's not like a normal you know W two job. So you know you have to create and you know it requires constant testing um, and sometimes
2: failure, but you know. Almost That's, always fail. Yeah, yeah, way. almost <laughs> always, <laughs> always Google, right? I think of that all the time. I think it's Google. Is their sayings like, go fast and break things? It's like, it's either Google or Facebook, but I just believe in that fullheartedly because even all the projects I've been working on now, I had an idea for how it would work eventually. I had an idea for what it would be at the beginning, and by the time I actually got to a point where it could make money, it was almost a completely different idea almost every single time I did that because my first idea is usually the worst one. Just like a first draft of an essay or a book or anything that you're writing, the first version of it is not the one that's actually going to get printed or submitted to your teacher or whatever. It's going to go through different iterations and revisions. And... You can only revise things by going out there, writing it down, doing whatever it is you need to do, showing it to the public, letting them absolutely eviscerate it, and then <laughs> and then take all the red marks and scratches exactly. and scribbles they put on there, and then take it to heart. Don't take it personal, and then just make the tweaks because in the, the day they're trying to yeah. help you create it's something that idea. will make them want to give you money. It's so that listen, feedback. You know? Exactly, that's, that's, it's a feedback that, loop. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You build, test, iterate, and keep that reverse that that model that perpetual loop until eventually you crack the code and the thing is you never crack the code you're always going to be building testing and iterating so it's something that people just got to get used to if they want to do this game yeah
0: that's a, that's a requirement that's a requirement for this entrepreneurial thing oh, do you have an yeah
1: idea? so you'd say it's more about like falling in love with like the process rather than going for the end result that's yeah. what it's like being an entrepreneur
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, it's not very glamorous. It seems glamorous. Oh my God! You see all these people on your pre-roll YouTube ads, starting an online e-commerce business, doing twenty thousand dollars a month, and they're renting a yacht and a private jet in Miami and all this different stuff. But most of those people are liars. And also, <laughs> and even the ones that aren't, all right, right? And even the ones that aren't lying are at a position where they finally got to that point. And before that. It was hard it was really difficult like you mentioned talking a little bit about my story when i came here i was working on some stuff before i moved down here but then COVID hit because i graduated may of 2020 and then COVID messed up all my plans started i was working on went under because it was focused on in-person networking not a lot of that going on during social distancing i was broke i invested a lot of money in that and I made some bad financial decisions, yoloing in the stock market. Please, <laughs> people, God, please, please if, if there's anything I can impart on you guys, do not yolo in the stock market on some week on options that expire the same week you buy them. Don't do that. God. Dude, when you're
1: doing the, the same day expiration options, <sighs> you yeah. yeah. oh, crazy, dude. Yoloing, in, bro. Yolo. In. That's
2: why we call it yolo. One, Never again. But um. I was in a position where I was broke, and I had all these ideas, but I didn't have a team, I didn't have any funding, I didn't have any money to put in myself, I didn't have the skills to really build them, but I figured, you know, pressure creates diamonds or crushes coal, I think I am a diamond, and I figured, I think going to Austin would put me in a position to go all in on my ideas, because there's no safety net, there's only two things you can do, you can succeed or you die, Uh, I think about this all the time, Francisco Cortez, who conquered the Aztecs in Mexico, I remember he realized, oh, we're outnumbered, you know, 10 to 1. And all of his men wanted to leave. And so being the, the alpha Chad that he, he is. He burned the ships, he right? Burned, <laughs> it shit <down>. burned <laughs> the shit down and said,
1: hey, we're
2: stuck here, boys. We're yeah. either going to win or we're going to die. And they won. Because when there's only one choice of succeeding or death, I mean, the only thing you can do is succeed. It, being I back not, home in I Kentucky. Bro, I don't want to die. And so when I was in Kentucky, I mean, I was living with my dad. I didn't have to pay rent. I had friends. I could easily have found like a decent little job, making like 35 or 40,000 bucks out of college or something like that. And then my family was all there. It was comfortable. And when you're comfortable, when you've got the ships waiting at the beach that you can hop back on and go back home anytime, why would you really ever stress about what happens in front of you? But when you know all you can do is move forward, what are you going to do? To quote my man, Aaron Yeager, I just keep moving forward. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) All my weeds out there. You got that. You got that. You got that. that. That's powerful, sir. That is. Keep moving forward. I'm loving the anime reference. (laughs) I got got plenty of them. Yes, sir. Yes, Mm -hmm.
1: sir. I got to ask you, though. I got to ask you, though. So that's kind of what pushed you to just move to Austin on a whim with uh, Chuck. But mm-hmm. since you've moved from Kentucky to Austin, has your definition of entrepreneurship like changed as you've like aged and been in the game longer? That's a good question. Mm. You know, I don't think it's really
2: changed in terms of definition, more in terms of the subtext of what it means. Like To me, being an entrepreneur has always meant being innovative and solving problems but what's changed for me is thinking about what that means at first you know just being an amateur i thought oh that means you got to change the world you got to do something completely crazy you got to have like a spacex or a tesla or you got to be the one to modernize e-commerce like amazon or you got to be a proprietor of software and all these different things uh but nah, i realized you can make money doing some of the dumbest, most menial, not even really important things in the world. So an example of that, so one thing I'm doing right now in esports. To me, I felt like entrepreneurship is again, something super innovative that is changing the world. I'm making videos on NBA 2K and just showing up on camera and working with brands and helping them make more money off of their activations and getting paid a lot of money to do that. I'm not changing the world. Outside of, like, people who really like NBA 2K who have a more fun 7 to 10 minutes watching my content or something like that. But at the same time, it's a successful business. I've got partnerships with NBA and McDonald's and Old Spice and Gen G. got a Snapchat show. I've got all these different things based around just getting on camera and talking and being funny and being creative. And... That's honestly fine. Not every business. I was talking. I was even talking to Chuck about this yesterday because he's been working on his own startup and he's saying like, how do I really create this new, fund this new fundamental foundation of what it means to be in VC? And I was like, hey, bro, like, that's cool. But do you have to? <laughs> but like, do you have to? Uh, this is one podcast. God, I can't remember what it's called now. But there's a podcast that really highlights people who just do the least glamorous types of businesses in the world, but are making ridiculous money at our age maybe it might have been because it was one There was one where it was like this 19 year old had a company where he literally just washed windows for commercial buildings was doing 700k a year
0: yeah it's the it's the those the the more practical just just hands-on business models that people just overlook you know those are the the ones that you know you can you can make some easy bank from that
2: easy i mean like the first company i got where i got the 100k investment from that you mentioned earlier was the company where we're literally just making profiles for remote workers to be connected to their like Slacks and Microsoft Teams or something like that. Like literally, Canva making some, a profile with some highlights, throwing it into Slack, hyperlink. That was it. Wow. But I was able to raise a hundred thousand dollars for it. Cause does not matter how crazy it is? Does it work when people pay for it? Yes. Okay, then that's fine. Um, literally, you can go on Micro Acquire, which is a website that's focused on helping, you know, entrepreneurs sell or acquire these small niche little online businesses, SaaS mm. companies, services type things. And literally you can go in there and buy like a company is doing, you know, ten thousand dollars a month over month, revenue monthly recurring for like a hundred thousand bucks. And they're doing like the most simple stuff. Yeah. It's exactly. So that I think entrepreneurship's always been about solving a problem. But uh, what a problem is to me is change. It's not always anyway. Like getting rid of climate change, um, like reducing people's carbon footprint. It could just be, people want to be entertained for 10 minutes. (laughs) So make a video about NBA 2K for 10 minutes and then people will pay you a lot of money to do that. Still a problem. It's just not as glamorous as a problem as revolutionizing how vehicles are powered with tesla or having wi-fi in the internet in space with starlink or something like that so
0: yeah exactly and like just going back to like your first example with like your first official business you know just bridging a gap right it's like yeah, find find the gaps as an entrepreneur and just bridge it like yeah.
2: literally like, one of the most unoriginal ideas of all time you could literally throw a rock and hit another discount uh discount website marketplace i mean groupon hooked there's so many of them it's not even a proprietary idea i didn't even try to have any type of ip or anything like that because it's none there's literally yeah. nothing but if it solves a problem and you can get people to pay you for it who cares exactly <laughs>
0: show who me the money
2: <laughs> and the thing, even with elon like people want to talk about elon all the crazy things he's doing people don't know his first company was actually a company called zip2 which is basically yelp meets Google Maps back in the late 90s and he sold it for 22 and a half million and then again getting at bat and just hitting one doesn't have to be a home run out of the park grand slam it could literally just be a double and then you take that double and then you take the money you get from that and then invest it into your big boy idea which is what I'm trying to do with cardio which is my app turning cardio fitness into this giant game of team-based turf war which is my way of trying to gamify and trying to democratize being able to do cardio in a fun way So people who hate cardio, like myself, can find it engaging in whatever form it is that they want to do cardio in. Now, is that really a revolutionary idea? I mean, no, it's really just any other running app, but just with a more gamified experience. I'm not reinventing the wheel, but you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes reinventing the wheel for people can just be putting a wheel on something that never had one.
0: And actually uh, transitioning into the cardio thing. So how did that idea come about?
2: Uh, And that's another thing, too, Um, in terms of ideation, because I know a lot of people ask me, like, how do you come up with these ideas? Like, where did you get the idea to even like create a brand around like helping explain esports and do all these different things I'm doing in that space or with this cardio fitness idea? Genuinely, two things. What do I think sucks that other people also agree sucks? And then trying to do something in that space, especially if it's something that you care about, because, again, entrepreneurship can be sucky. So if you do something that you don't like to do on an 80 hour basis, you're gonna eventually get tired of it and not want to finish it out, especially when it gets tough. And then, yeah, and then two, figure out what you're good at and what gaps you can fill. And if those two things can come together, then boom, you got an idea you can run with. So for me with cardio, mm-hmm. uh, it started off as me during quarantine, pretty much, I was it like August of last year, it's so in quarantine, things were a lot less open in Kentucky than they are here. and. Couldn't go anywhere to hang out with my friends, to go to the gym, gyms were closed. Mm-hmm. They even literally had taken down basketball rims at courts and all that. Yeah. And I was saying, man, I have not done any type of cardio in so long. And I thought about that like, why haven't I? Because cardio is boring. And for me, <laughs> if you told me to run a mile, I would say, screw you, I'm not doing that.
1: <laughs> But at the same
2: time, if you said, hey, let's go play basketball for three hours, dude. For yeah. sure. Let's, like, do, let's do it, let's do it. Exactly. It's a,
1: yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah. it's so boring and man to it. and
2: that's my point cardio on its own is boring it's like food with no seasoning like it's <laughs> amen, bland, amen. It's that's, bland. A, that's a good analogy right there it's
0: just like food yeah.
2: with no seasoning yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like i mean i'll get the calories i'm looking for i'll get what i came for but at what cost like there's no difference between the chicken with seasoning and without seasoning in terms of calories really But it just feels better, it tastes better. You want to do it versus I have to do it. I have to eat this unseasoned chicken at (laughs) Becky's house with her mom because (laughs) it was prepared for me. But this one's like, you know what? I'll go somewhere and pay 25 bucks for some Gus seasoned fried chicken downtown. For
1: sure. For sure, for sure.
2: So then I'm thinking, okay, well, how can I bring that season into cardio? I was like, okay, well, how about if I create an app where it's a team-based turf, where literally me and you guys can form a team called Entrepreneurs in Austin, and if we walk our dogs, if we run a marathon or anything in between, the area that we do any cardio around, we own on this map, and anybody who uses this app can see it's owned by us. You can customize it, you can throw your logos on there, you can even throw a blurb about who you guys are and stuff like that if you want to, and then turn this into a team-based game where you compete with other people through cardio. So now instead of, oh, i got to run a mile because I need to make sure my cardiovascular health is in order. <laughs> it's, oh, those bastards down the road <laughs> just, took, just took my stuff. Gotta get the and, I back. Gotta, and I gotta get my stuff back. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've been working on that for a couple of months now, seriously. We brought on um, a couple of advisors, a former Pokemon Go engineer, the Beautiful. founder of Map My Run, who sold to Under Armour for 150 million bucks, and then an executive at Peloton. We're in the process of crowdfunding right now. We've raised about 2,500 bucks so far Beautiful. to get that off the ground. And again, it's just an idea I got sitting on my ass in my college (laughs) apartment thinking, you know, cardio sucks. But if I tried to make it fun, would people be into that? And so far,
1: they have been. I would say yes, man. I I would say yes. I was looking at, like, I was looking at your story today and, like, dude, that looks so fun. I'm going to try it out. Well, yeah, dude, I actually want to get into, like, how do you go about raising capital for Mm. these ideas? Because I know, like... Uh, part of being an entrepreneur is like you have your vision you have your idea and you're trying to figure out the steps to making it into like an, an actionable thing mm. but how do you go about like developing like those networks and relationships who are actually like build you up along with your work well for one you guys put yourself in an awesome position to do that when i
2: met you guys on uh, was that monday or was that tuesday i think it was, it was, tuesday. It was tuesday. tuesday yeah it was tuesday. tuesday tuesday um but the main thing is relationships honestly like the best way to get money is for people with money to like you. So, and the best time to get people who have money to like you is before you need it. Because if you start being friends with them because you need something, they'll think you're only there because you want that thing. But if you're already good good friends with them, they already see what your work ethic, what your ideas are, and your ability to succeed when given the resources. And then you ask for them, more than likely, they will be given to you. So that's number one. Uh, Number two, and honestly, the relationship piece is always going to be more important because... You know, you got people who have relatively boring ideas, they're not very innovative, they're not crazy, and they won't even make money for a very long time. But people like them. Like Chook, he uh, before he started working on his startup, he had a job where he's working for this AI startup. And the dude was a early employee at Uber. He was one of the first people to work and develop on their product and whatnot. Um, so obviously that's a heck of a thing to have in your resume. He started his own startup and then because of that that thing on his resume and the connections he made through that when he started his company he raised two million dollars in two days he hopped on one investor call and walked away with a check like that because of the relationships and because of the resume but in the case that you're young and broke like us and you don't have those connections (laughs) and you weren't early at uber then the second best thing is to just have a really good idea with a strong understanding of your market your financials How you're gonna get there how long it will take you to get there and then find other people who are invested in solving that problem or at least are in that space and are looking to invest in projects like that so for my first company which was called spotlight where I was doing stuff with um, the remote teams and whatnot I had a guy who was running a remote team I've literally never met him in person we still to this day have never met in person and I literally hopped on a phone call and that that whole ordeal is so funny And I'm going to make this short because I don't want to talk forever. But literally, I got that investment for a job interview for his company that he ran full-time. So I was interviewing for a job at his company. And I told him I did not want that job. I want to start my own stuff. And then I sold him on an idea of building this thing. And he said, well, okay, let's have a phone call about it in a week. Come with me with some financials, some understanding of your market and whatnot. And if I like it, we'll see what we can do. I gave him a pitch. And a week later, I walked away with 100K. Because you got to find somebody who's invested in the problem, who believes in you as a person, and you can prove to them the viability of what it is that you're trying to build. If you can do that, money will come your way. Now, it might not be $2 million, and it might take longer than two days, but if you can find a balance of being the right guy with the right experience, the right skill sets, the right team, and more importantly than anything, timing, then raising money sucks. It's not easy. I won't ever say it is, but... That's how you can raise. I'm no expert, so you definitely should ask for a better seasoned <laughs> professional's opinion on this, but at least for me, in my, in my you know, opinion,
1: that, that's what's been good for me. I mean, not many people can say they raise capital. Not many people can say they raise Yeah, bro. like, bro, like, not only on top of like, entrepreneurship, you're combining like the technical sides of it, A lot of people don't realize that being an entrepreneur also combines the social, the soft skills of actually Mm -hmm. connecting with someone like on a personal level. And with that, like with our conversations with you, it's pretty apparent that you're pretty fluid with the conversation, man. You're pretty fluid with it. I've got to ask you, like, were you always like this good at making conversation like connections with people or like start off as an introvert at first and work your way up?
2: Now, I will say I've always been an extrovert, but my ability to be sociable and develop relationships has improved a lot over time, just like anything else. It's a skill that you nurture. Some people are naturally more talented at something, but then still, you know, if you stay at that same level, eventually people catch up to you. So one thing that I did, and I recommend everybody, I don't care how good of a speaker, how sociable, how extroverted, how gifted of a speaker you are. One thing that my mom made me do every Saturday for two years, literally two years every Saturday, when I was 10 to 12 was go to Toastmasters, which was super impactful. I don't know if you guys heard of that before. I've never heard. What okay. is that? Okay, so Toastmasters is basically this public speaking training oh where literally it'll be a group of people. They have them here, actually, here in Austin. Uh, I've only been to one of their meetings. I need to start going to more. Um, but literally, you just go there, and then they'll give you a topic, and you just talk about it and communicate with each other about it for like wow. five minutes or whatever. And I was 10. And the thing is, I used to have, I still do, but it used to be really bad. I have a little bit of a lisp and a speech impediment. Uh, and so my mom said, hey, we're going to buff that out. <laughs> we, that, that thing has got to go. Because if you want to do what you want to do, you can't have that. And so we would go to Toastmasters every Saturday for two years. And then ten, me, 10 years old, with a whole bunch of 34-year-olds would go up there. And they would say, talk about blah. I don't even know what blah is. <laughs> but I would sit up there and it's like, you got to say something. Yeah, yeah. And then over time, they coach you and say, well, hey, leave with this. Take out the likes. Take out this. Throw in a little bit of inflection. The way you delivered that line it had a little bit of humor in there. And then from that, I was able to learn, like, okay, this is how you have a dynamic conversation with somebody in a professional manner while also keeping it light and humorous. Because people like funny people. Mm-hmm. People like people who can be fluent, witty, on the no- We're quick with it, on the fly with their responses, but also sound insightful. And going into what I said before about Raising Capital, it's all about relationships. And like anything, it's like getting a girl. like let's let's, let's talk about what people really want to hear all right (laughs) because there's a lot of ugly guys out there that are getting cute women because they know how to talk and women like guys who are funny who are witty who can charm them and investors are literally just like girls at the bar all right because if you can go in there even if your idea is early it's still ugly you're breaking out the kinks you're trying to figure out like what are these blind spots i have if you can make them like you enjoy and enjoy being in your their company by whatever it is that you say or how you pull off your professionalism and you as a person, they're going to be a lot more willing to get in bed with you as an investor. <laughs> and that's just how it is. So a- Toastmasters helped me out a ton. This is a unsolicited uh, uh, <laughs> is a sponsorship. Sponsored by Toastmasters.
1: And I can relate to you of that. I can relate to you that in terms of, like, the public speaking thing. Because, like, when I was younger, my dad's, like, a huge business guy. And he used to take me to these uh, business conventions, notably, like, the Texas High School Coaching Association. Mm -hmm. And then places like the Houston Credit Union. And, like, literally every week, like, we'd have us. He'd have me, like, write a book report on whatever business book I was reading at the time. And, like, we'd pitch it. uh, Each of my siblings and I, we'd pitch it in front of, like, the whole family. And eventually practicing that, we transitioned from there to me actually like public speaking at his conventions as like the openers it's like oh check yeah. out if i'm i'm doing all this business stuff and i can get my kid to you know just talk professionally and fluently and you know all that stuff then imagine what type of business person like you know i am so like i relate so much to like building the social skills that way because honestly it's, it's kind of hard for those like who don't have the like experience for it and aren't willing to put themselves out there because i feel like no one is like born with it like very few people are born with it where they just like aren't afraid aren't in their head when talking and it's just like a skill that's been refined and like when you see someone who has those skills you just gotta pay your respect and it's honestly right. so fun to have a conversation with right you.
2: and it that. and it just pays off i mean i don't know if you guys have seen the we work documentary but adam newman he might be the greatest finesser of all time <laughs> <laughs> off of just being able to talk to people one of the things in there um that i found is like so Just wow. I can't even I don't even know what to say, about it It was just blew my mind is that he got into a car. I think it was with the uh, founder of SoftBank's Vision Fund. I think it was his son or his nephew or something like that. And then literally just in an Uber ride, he pitched him on the idea of WeWork and he walked out with a four billion dollar investment. Wow. No deck, no financials, no track record, really. Just a really good conversation and selling him on a Vision and he walked away with a sizable check. And once I saw that, it just made me realize, bro, nothing matters except being funny and charismatic. Nothing matters. Nothing. So obviously don't be Adam Newman, you know. But if you can take the good parts of Adam Newman and mix it with a solid business plan strategy and a business that'll actually make money, then you're setting yourself up for a very successful future
0: so where do you see yourself in five years obviously you've done so much it seems like in such a short amount of time so like five years from now where do you see yourself
2: that is a great question um five years from now um i'll be 27 in five years yeah you're 22 right now mm-hmm. yeah 22 right now so man, man. yeah in five, five years 20, this is the guy yeah, the guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> five years from now i see myself in a lot of different places for one i want to have either exited from a business, a major acquisition of some kind, okay. or I want to still be running like one of these companies. Maybe it's cardio, maybe it's something completely different. I mean, five years ago, I didn't have this idea in my head, so I like a change in five years. But I would like to still be running cardio, or I've had it acquired for a sizable amount of money. On the esports side, I'd like to have built a substantial following and start doing like e3 and doing a whole bunch of other different events Mm -hmm. specifically around 2k and other things like that and becoming a prominent influencer in that space and just in the esports landscape as an on-air personality a content creator and also a business guru of how esports can become a successful industry and a profitable business and brand um outside of like specifics on those type of things i would like to own some property because I'm also interested in retail investing okay. or, or okay. Uh, r- real estate investing, I should say. So, definitely want to have a couple of duplexes, some quadplexes, some different multifamily properties yes, that are cash flowing a considerable amount of money. I'd like to have a very nice investment fund for <laughs> cryptocurrency. No more Yolos? No.
1: <laughs> this rap was jumping in. Nah, <laughs> he
2: was going in. Oh my god, no more, <laughs> no god more YOLO. No more YOLO. That YOLO put me on an air mattress in my dad's attic for two months. Don't do that, <laughs> don't do that, kids. Don't be me, be better. Be better, please. <laughs> uh but uh I wanna have um a solid amount of money invested in the markets that's creating passive income for me from you know, dividends and just general stock appreciation and whatnot, so that I could eat off of and just reap money from the interest rates to be able to make the money that I want to live my life. And that's another thing, too passive income. Like, I just wanna have some passive income engines that make me enough money on a monthly basis that my fixed costs are all covered off of just the passive money I've invested, like cash flow from my rental properties. Cash flow from dividends and others, appreciation from the stock market and cryptocurrency, other different things I'm making money. Passive income is where is that man? Yeah, like royalties, AdSense from YouTube, uh, money I got on retainer for different clients for whatever it is I'm doing, and being able to do whatever I want with my time. Awesome. I also like to have a shawty. <laughs> shawty, I'll be yeah, pushing yeah. twenty seven at that point. Uh, I don't know if I want to be married yet, but I want to at least be with a girl who I would consider it with. Uh, and really, just having time of my life, doing what I want to do, making yes, some sir. good money with good people.
0: Yes, sir, man, you hit a few areas, and if anybody's gonna make it happen, it's this guy right here. So
1: yeah, I also knock on wood. <laughs> I'm trying. you will make well, it happen. I think I think this is a good point to stop the interview. But man, what a great conversation! We appreciate you coming out here, and wish you the best of luck on your entrepreneurship in journeys. Mm-hmm. and well, you're I on your inspiration it. bro you're yeah, an inspiration
2: most definitely guys I appreciate you guys for having you guys starting off young and doing it right so I mean I'm excited to see what you guys do in five years I'm gonna have to interview you guys <laughs> we, one day we
1: might have to hop on, the, hop yeah. on one of your platforms one day we're, to
2: be make, we're <laughs> gonna be making some history right, we're we gonna be history. History. <laughs> making some history entrepreneurs
1: at Austin are gonna be a big thing we're coming right. <laughs> we're
2: coming <laughs> I'm gonna have to invest in you guys <laughs> I'm gonna catch you a check
1: but yeah guys catch you on the next episode um Zé.
2: peixe.